So Cartier, I've been having trouble with my skin lately. You know, I try to eat as healthy as I can. I don't drink sodas, I drink water, but nothing seems to work. I need some advice. Hmm, what is your current face regimen? Well, I basically just do soap and water and I try to exfoliate once a week. Well, I might just have something for you. Have you heard of Romer? No, I have not heard of Romer. Romer Skincare, based out of Chicago, launched a work-from-home clean skincare line that covers all your skin needs with three easy-to-follow steps. Why you should check them out, simple ingredients, and effective results. A perfect upgrade if you're still washing your face with a bar of soap or that drugstore face wash. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 15% off and a gift with your first purchase by using the code LISTENER15. That's code LISTENER15 on their website, romerskincare.com. Impress your partner and get happy skin. Today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. No stress, no clutter, just happy skin. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yet another installment here at the Melting Pot. I'm your host, Sly. And I'm Crazy to Dawn. And today's episode is an episode we like to call 245 and Counting. And some of y'all may be asking, okay, well, what does that mean? Or where did y'all get that name from? So here at the Melting Pot, we would like to formally say happy 245th birthday to the Navy. So for those of you who don't know, a little background history. Back in 1972, a Chief Naval Admiral. I don't know the name specifically, uh, declared that October 13th would be the official birthday of the Navy. Here's some of you all's stories. So just to kick it off, who all are retirees? And is there anybody who's like active as of now? I'm Nina and I'm still active as well. I am still active duty. I've been in the Navy almost 19 years. Um, October 21st will make 19 years for me. And um, thank you for inviting me on the show. And I also have my husband here who's retired. Hello, yes, uh, I'm Francisco Ramirez, uh, Sherry's husband. Um, I am currently uh, just uh, retired about, I would say almost a year ago. I served 24 years um, in the Navy. Um, But yeah, uh, I wanna thank you for having me on the show as well. All right, uh, Ronisha, what about you? Hey, I'm Renisha. I've been in the Navy for 18 years. I'm still active duty in San Diego, California. Welcome. We're glad to have you on the show. So uh, anybody could jump in and answer this question first, but um, just tell the people listening, what is your rank and what do you do? Hi, I'm Lieutenant Nina Brook and Nation. I've been in for 18 years and I'm currently working at uh, Tenant Command off of Naval Base North Island as an air traffic control officer. 
My name is Renisha. I am a senior enlisted leader. I am a flag writer and to the admiral. Well, what that is, is um, you work for the senior um, leaders, administrative assistant to a three-star admiral at uh, U.S. Fleet Forces Command here in Norfolk, Virginia. So this next question is for anyone. Um, what made you want to join the service uh, initially? So this is Renisha. Um, I joined the Navy because I my life in Georgia wasn't it wasn't going too well. Um, didn't really have a lot of opportunities there. I had seen a, a an example of a person, which was my sister, who joined the Navy, and she got out. She did what she she got in, did her four years, and got out, and started a successful career afterwards. And just looking at the situation I was in at the time, I was going to uh, Kennesaw State University in Georgia, and um, it just wasn't going well for me. And so I decided to to enlist and follow in her footsteps a little bit, and um, that's what led to me to me joining. Wow, that is that is an inspirational story, and I'm glad that you found something you know that works for you. And I hope you. Uh, Continue to be successful with your endeavors. Thank you. Okay, Sherry, go ahead. Um, mainly my last job that I had, which was um, working in South Decatur Mall uh, at Sam and Libby, <laughs> I was like selling shoes. I mean, it was a passion of mine because I, I mean, I love shoes and working there and meeting different people. But the store was like going out of business. And I had to think quick because I had a, you know, I had a son and he was two. So I was like, um, I need a career more so than a job. And by working in the mall, there was like a uh, recruiting station and they will always ask me, do I want to join the military? And I would say no. <laughs> but then I thought about it. I got into the Naval Reserves and I liked it. And I knew that it would be a great opportunity. And it was, it was actually one of my, the best decisions I could have made in my life. Because it definitely turned my life around, and gave me a great opportunity. And I raised my son in a very, very, I would say a better, I gave him, I was able to give him a better life than my parents gave me. Yeah, that's understandable. So you mentioned the uh, Navy Reserves. For those of you who don't know, could you elaborate more about what the uh, Navy Reserves are? Well, in the Navy Reserves, you kind of just go two weekends out of a month. You go and you spend doing um, training for if you are ever, um, I would say, activated or your unit is ever activated and have to go um, specifically and go and do any um, military. If they need us, then they will contact the uh, reserves to go out. So two weekends out of a month, you go and do training Navy. You're not active duty, so it's called inactive duty at the time. So I did that and I really liked it. And um, so going active duty was easy for me um, to just do it full time. And there's more benefits. Yes, uh, this is Frank. Um, yes, um, so I joined the Navy out of uh, Southern California, Oxnard back in 95. Um, there was a couple of reasons why I joined. One, uh, mainly is because I had fam family members who had served 
um, previously, um, before me. Uh, my grandfather was in World War One. Uh, my brother, uh, he's only a year younger than me, but he joined a year before I did. So right out of high school, he had joined. And then, but um, but I've always wanted to to come into the service, into the Navy, like when I was a freshman in high school. But he had, but my brother had jumped on that wagon first. <laughs> but um, I, I I didn't join right out of high school. I waited like two more years um, until I woke up and decided that hey, okay, time to go. <laughs> but um, but that was a you know those were mainly the reasons why I wanted to join um, and to see the world. You know, uh, it wasn't until after I joined the Navy that I really saw what the Navy can offer. Um, so, you know, so I just took it, took it in and, you know, and kind of enjoyed my time while I was in. I joined at 21. So that gave me a good, uh, <laughs> a good reason to join and, you know, get out there. And, you know, I guess uh, that was the age to be at um, to to experience the world. So that was why I joined there. Hi, this is Nina again. I came in in July of 2002, and um, I came in for sort of two reasons. My first one was um, I really didn't, I really wasn't ready for college. I, I'm not the the classroom type of person. I, I learned very some uh, very much hands on and by visual means, and so I knew the classroom setting was just not for me. And my mom was probably going to end up sending money that we just didn't have. And the Navy offered me an opportunity to, if I wanted to go to school later down the line, they would pay for my education via TA assistance, or which is tuition assistance, and or um, the Montgomery GI Bill, where they pay for you, you know, they pay for your college uh, after you get out the Navy if you want to use it. Um, and then the second part for me was, I, I was born and raised in New Jersey, and so uh, what 9-11 had for me, what 9-11 was for me was it was just very impactful to everybody and how both New York and New Jersey pulled together the Tri-State area along with Pennsylvania. What they did during that time frame uh, really played an impact on me really signing up and wanting to be a part of the greater good. And so uh, that's the reason why I joined. So I know Frank just mentioned that uh, he had family that previously served. Did anybody else have any uh, family that served before them? Yes, I did. This is Renisha speaking. Uh, my sister, well, I had uncles, but I didn't really know their backstory. But the person in my family that actually inspired me to join was my sister, um, who did four years prior to me joining. She got out in the year 2000, and I joined two years later when I was able to. So um, that would be my family. So I know you used the word inspired. So like, I know you just said that you feel more, you know, inspiration, but did anybody feel any pressure versus like inspiration to join? Like maybe from their families, like, hey, you have to do this, you know, to keep, you know, like the legacy going. I wouldn't say, this is Renisha again, I'm sorry. I wouldn't say that I felt pressure from my family to join. Actually, my family, my mom didn't want me to join at the time but I felt more internal pressure because I knew that not doing something would have, you know, made it worse on me. So I kind of pushed my my family, to, my mom to accept yeah. the fact that I was joining um, because of the internal pressure that I felt on the possibility of just staying at home and failing. Um, this is Sherry. I didn't have any pressure to join the military, but I did have, uh, in my life, I wanted to be successful. And when I went to college, I went to Alabama State for a couple of years. 
And since I didn't finish, I always felt the need that I needed to do something. And uh, when the military, the opportunity presented itself, I felt like that was my second chance to kind of get it right. And that was the main reason why I decided to stick it out and to make it my, you know, my goal to at least, you know, retire from it for doing at least 20 years. Although I may do more, but that's just what's my goal to at least do 20 years. Yeah, this is Frank again. Um, yes, uh, along the lines with uh, same as Renisha, I mean, didn't really didn't see a lot of uh, I would say opportunities for me if I was to stay home. Um, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, it, the military was a thing for me that I wanted to do for for the longest time before I even joined. But it did give me uh, a lot of. Um, perspective and a lot of things in life you know growing up uh develop myself um learning responsibilities and and steaming forward and taking care of a lot of things on my own um independently um <clears throat> while i was in the navy you know i've you know i've had you know three children you know so that helps you know grow you know help me grow you know drastically and uh you know and then you know give me that responsibility and i would say you know as far as the work ethic behind what the Navy gives um, the sailors, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and I've seen that throughout my, my whole career, you know, from the from day one till, you know, 24 years later, the drastic changes in the in the responsibilities has changed. And I know a lot of y'all can probably agree with me, but um, but it's just it's 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 a challenge. You know, it's nothing, nothing that was said to be easy, you know, but we just take it and, and move on and press on. So does anybody have any personal stories they would like to share about some of the challenges, you know, you guys faced uh, being in the Navy? Yeah, I'll, this is Renisha. I would definitely say, you know, being away from my family has been hard, um, but on a more day-to-day -day, uh, level, I think some of the toughest challenges that I faced was being a woman in leadership and also being, gay during don't ask don't tell and having a relationship and not being able to fully express myself in that relationship during that time for a lot of years um that was a, a family strain for me and then also as i promoted um having a you know as a black woman that was a challenge but i think the biggest challenge was just me being a woman having to try to navigate in a man's world and um just the, you know, just the reaction that some men have when it comes to listening to women in leadership. And um, I think that from a personal level, those were some of my biggest challenges. I would say the challenge, my challenge was um, providing a, a life for my son um, kind of separated me from him at times. And um, how was that? Because I had to do certain duties that, um, uh, he wasn't with me. He was with his dad at that time. And, and that was really, really hard to serve and not be with him. Um, it was like three of the longest years ever. Um, although I was very um, successful in that tour, it was still challenging to do that tour without him, to um, be away for that long, not being able to see him, not being able to, you know, um, do homework with them every night. Uh, that's the hardest thing is being separated from your family, um, being in the military. 
I would say that that was a very um, challenging time for me. Obviously, my lifestyle before the before the Navy, we was living in the projects and live not even making it paycheck to paycheck. It was pretty a uh, bad situation, and now we're in a position to take care of help take care of our families and help put ourselves in better better situations to help build generational wealth but I kind of wonder if it was the military to help shape that or if it was just the mindset set with the opportunities that the military gave me to get out of the atmosphere and just start to shape the way I thought about life and the way I thought about money and help me make goals and start to go after those goals. So I think it was just giving me an opportunity to grow up without all the influences around me in Atlanta and allowing me to just kind of go after the things that I, I wanted to go after. Those are all challenges that we, you know, all can sympathize with. And, you know, it is hard being away from family, uh, especially when you're, you know, in a new place or in a new territory doing something um, life-taking and, you know, uh, that involves risk. And like I said, we want to thank you all uh, for your service. And uh, I know, Renisha, you was talking about, you know, just being um, a woman and, you know, in a male-dominant uh, service and industry. It's, it is challenging, and that's still some of the, like, problems we're still facing today. You know, no matter what you do for a career or what industry you're involved in, like, you know, most industries are, you know, male-dominated, it's like, you know, it's, I like to see women stepping up and, you know, being treated equal. So that's pretty cool. So knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger selves? I would tell my younger self to not be afraid to um, purchase real estate and also um, pay more attention to my finances. I think uh, starting out, like I said, coming from a place where I didn't have and then being able to have my own money and being able to have being able to provide for myself. If I would have known or became more educated about money, um, I would know for a fact I'll be a lot further along than I am now. I'm not doing bad, but um, I feel like knowing what I know now, if I could have known more about financial education and literacy, I, I would feel like that would be the lesson that I would take. What about you, Sherry? I would say that I would tell I would have told my tell my younger self to reach out and get more mentorship as far as opportunity life you know it took me a long time to be able to trust um, you know senior people and be able to tell them what I was going through so that I can get the help that I needed to get where I wanted to go instead of you know, keeping everything to myself and not stepping out and getting mentorship early. I got it kind of like, well, I would say at a later time. Um, so um, being able to, you know, talk to someone, have someone to help you to get to where they at, where they're at, instead of, you know, thinking, you know, if I tell them what's going on, then they may judge me, you know. So I feel like if I would have talked to someone you know, earlier about what I was going through, then I could have, you know, been able to step out and get a lot farther in life than I did. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> I think we all could definitely use a little more advice when it comes to financing. Um, because it's something important. I don't feel like they, you know, enforce it or teach us, you know, 
about mortgages and, you know, savings and, um, you know, loans and stuff and how it really impacts you in the long term school and stuff, which we've talked on previous episodes, how we think that there should be more, you know, financial classes, you know, to teach, you know, stuff that the tools and resources that kids really need, you know, to survive in everyday life. So I would definitely agree with you on that one. So, what do you guys do outside of work? Like, what do you do to unwind, to have fun? I would say, like, majority of the time, before the COVID and everything, I was big in church. So, most of my time was spent doing, um, you know, church activities. Um, I, you know, go shopping. I go to go out to eat. I mean, it's pretty much like a, a regular life. Um, if I wasn't in the military, the things I would do, like shopping, going out to eat, um, church activities, I'm really big in, in my church. I tell you, we all like to eat and shop and, <laughs> and praise. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a little bit different. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm definitely a social, social person. So for me, you know, just hanging out with friends, having friends over or going to Sunday brunch or, um, you know, just going out regular life, you know, life. It doesn't really change just because when you take off the uniform, you still are who you are at the core. So we just go out, have a good time and um, continue build relationships, good, strong relationships. So you like talking to people? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I enjoy being around people i'm i'm not a i wouldn't say i'm a super extrovert but i'm definitely not an introvert i'm comfortable around people but i'm you know i'm married so it's something that we do together and um but we we have a good time that's cool you know a lot of people you know some people like talking to people some people more uh introverted so i feel like i fall personally like in between both you know it's like ah, i can talk when i want you know be extroverted and outgoing but I do like, you know, to be to myself sometimes. Um, and a lot of times my family are surprised that I'd even, that I have a podcast or this show because they, you know, they see the more quiet, reserved part of me. But it turns out that I do have, you know, quite a few things to say. So, you know, it's just funny that way. Yeah, that's that's me too. I'm definitely, uh, I'm, I can be, I'm very shy unless I'm, you know, in a comfortable setting. And I, I, I normally observe and sit there quietly. But when I'm comfortable, you know, I'll talk freely. But a lot of people, it, you know, see me in different ways. Most people see the quiet side of me. And then once they get to know me, then they'll get to see the more relaxed side of me. So to lighten the mood a little bit, uh, are there any funny stories you experienced that could like only solely happen in the military? Like it's, you know, any inside jokes that you guys want to share that normal people might not quite get, but we'll laugh anyway. Okay, we got one. So this is Nina. Um, I was on the USS George Washington from like 2003 to 2006. And um, I don't want to say it was like an initiation, but when we'd sit there and we would train everybody going through like all the equipment that was in the in the room, um, there was this one specific piece of equipment. It was a phone and it was a red phone. And so when every time we would get it up to that part, when, you know, in training, when you, they, they would ask, hey, what's this red phone for? And so somebody would always come from the back room and say, that's who, that's how we talk directly to the president of the United States. And so 
they would keep it going and you know they wouldn't say anything till a couple of days later sure enough someone would would uh would try to pick up that phone to do some coordination and they'd be like no 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 that's that's for the president of the united states you can't use that phone and the whole room would bust out laughing because they knew that that that's, that wasn't the intent wow yeah that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> Well, those are all, you know, pretty funny stories. Uh, even me being an outsider, you know, it gave me, put a smile on my face, gave me a, a little bit of a laugh. So thank you for sharing. Uh, so next question I would propose would be, what was the best or worst military food you were served and why? I would have to say probably mid-rat foods. <laughs> so mid-rats is basically like a midnight rations yes so basically almost you get kind of like the, the probably the leftovers from dinner time and you know, sometimes it's really not tasty <laughs> i mean i don't think there was too much of, of of good foods you knew that if you was going on deployment you would have to you know create a little stash of food so that you can have ramen noodles cup of noodle soups and stuff but we knew that if we were getting steak and lobster that night we knew we were getting extended or, <laughs> or bad news. That's it. Doesn't agree on that one. <laughs> so, what ranks are you most proud to have earned, and why? I would say um, the rank of earning the rank of chief petty officer. Um, that's for the military. That's E seven. Um, the reason why I'm proud of that one is it's definitely earned. And you can see where you came from and, and where you're going to go with that rank. Um, so that's what I would say the one that I'm most proud of earning. I agree with that. This Renisha, um, making chief, it's kind of like joining a fraternity. So you go through first, it's something that you work hard for. A lot of people work hard for throughout the course of their career and only a, a select few people get that opportunity and um when you get it you know it's just not as easy as just taking off one shirt and putting on another you go through a process kind of like uh when you join a fraternity and it helps just build a stronger connection with the other chiefs that's already been selected and it it just builds a stronger connection with them and it, it makes you part of a bigger family than just, you know, the regular enlisted who hadn't necessarily had those same tests and went through those same tests together. Staying on the topic of accomplishments and what you're most proud of, which medals or citations are you most honored to have received? Um, this is Nina. Uh, one of, well, kind of like a two-part question, but one of, um, one of my biggest accomplishments is probably what the day that I was selected from enlisted to, um, to officer to the LDO program around my 10 year mark. And um, all the all the things that, the positive things that came out of that selection that I was able to do for my family and providing them, you know, different, different opportunities and just different things that I could do that it allotted me to do um, made that even that much more special for me and my family. The Navy has quite, well actually the military, but specifically the Navy, because that's where we're in right now. Um, has uh, a bunch of different programs that offer enlisted sailors the opportunity to to promote or, or get selected for an officer program. So for instance, um, 
they, they have the LDO CWO program like Jerome where he's a CWO uh, chief warrant officer and then um, they also have like a MESET program where uh, the Navy gives junior sailors the opportunity to become officers by um, providing them an education in, um, in nursing. Um, there's another program called uh, Stay 21, which offers different job opportunities, again, from your rate to that can contribute to becoming an officer in the officer ranks, as well as the Naval Academy too. They, they, have, they each have their different requirements, but they definitely are worth uh, looking into and, and looking at the different opportunities that the Navy gives you because some of them don't even, re for instance, the LDO CWO one doesn't require you to have a bachelor's degree. I would say for me, I received a Distinguished Leadership Award when I was um, a recruit division commander. Um, for most people, um, they think of that. Um, that's boot camp when I was there. I received the Distinguished Leadership Award. And with that award is you have to have trained by division with no infraction, no discrepancies. Mm. And that was, that's very hard to do, very hard. But I was determined to get, you know, to do it with no infractions. And that means you have to work around the clock. You have to make sure you're always at work and it's kind of like being at work from three in the morning to like 10 o'clock at night um, for like a year. Mm. So I would say of all my achievements, that would be the most one that means the most to me because not everyone is able to receive that um, award. This is Renisha. I would say my first Naval Achievement Medal that I earned um, on board the ship George Washington it was uh, right after a deployment cycle that was pretty, pretty stringent. Um, we did a lot of work during that deployment. And um, right afterwards, I was I got a surprise Naval Achievement Medal awarded to me that, you know, it was unexpected. And so, so um, that was probably my, out of all the awards that I earned, that was my, my absolute favorite and most memorable moment. Uh, double back to, you know, uh, some of the countries you all have been to. What has to be your favorite place you visited, lived? Um, I would say my favorite was being able to um, go to Abu Dhabi. Um, one of my favorite movies is Sex in the City. And uh, I was so excited when um, they said that we would be going to Bahrain. I actually had to put in leave to go to Abu Dhabi, but um, once I told the story to my skipper, he was like, oh, his wife, that was one of his wife's favorite movie as well. So I was able to go to Abu Dhabi, even though the ship was, everyone was going to Bahrain. I had to, I got leave to go over to Abu Dhabi for five days. I would say um, I was just on deployment in 2017 and um, I think the longest we were out to sea may have been like three weeks. Um, we went to seven different countries. And um, yeah, um, I spent a lot of money out there too. <laughs> but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't a bad deployment. Uh, I think one of my, my greatest uh, port visits was probably uh, El Salvador. That's where my family was is from. And so um, 
I got to go with the USNS Comfort doing a, an America's partnership. And during that time, the the commanding officer, like Vina, allowed me to go to to see my family, actually. Um, he granted me permission and I got to go see my family that I hadn't seen in over like seven years. So that was pretty cool. That must have been so nice, yeah, especially if you haven't seen them in such a long time that you got the opportunity to, you know, mix, you know, pleasure and work together and visit your family. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, that was that was definitely a good time. Uh, like, it was also pretty cool, too, because I got to meet the president of, of, of El Salvador, too. So that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, that's cool. I, I was well, so I was I went on that tour. I went. The reason why I was on there was because I was a Spanish translator for them. And so I was there uh, being a translator for the commanding officer. And so I got to meet the president along the way, too. That's pretty interesting. So our last question will be, what advice would you give to anyone considering going into the Navy? My advice that I would give would, I would ask them to, what was their, what was their plan? What was their goals prior to? Because everybody's situation is different. Everybody's mindset is different. Um, so, but the advice that I would give them is to go in with a plan and, uh, don't take your foot off of executing it. If your plan, like, like my plan was to go in and do five years here. I am 18 years later because I didn't start with executing my plan. Vina's plan was to go in for 20 years and she stated, um, that was never really my goal originally. But if I knew somebody that was trying to go in for just to, to meet, get what they needed, I would tell them don't take their foot off their personal goals while they're executing and doing what they got to do for the Navy. Continue to make sure that they're keeping their eyes on the reason they joined from the day that they joined up until it's time for them to get out. Um, that would be my recommendation for them because I don't think regardless of how you slice it, I don't think it, it's a bad move unless you don't take advantage of everything the Navy has to offer you. Um, I definitely agree with Ronisha to have a plan and I also would say that if you haven't you know got in a degree um, education is important so always be able to be marketable when you get out of the military you don't want your four years to be in vain or eight or however many years you do and decide to get out you want to make sure that you take this and you can add to your resume not subtract from it I 100% agree with Vina. You don't want that time to be wasted. You want to be able to add to, like she said. Yeah, that was spot on, um, Sherry. Thank you. Seems like you guys have all lived unique and wonderful lives. Well, to wrap it up, um, is there anything anybody else wants to just freely talk about or um, any comments or doubling back to anything we asked earlier? I would just say thank you for the opportunity um, that you gave us to share our experiences um, with the with the Navy. For me, it's been a very it's definitely been a blessing for my life um, and, and where I am right now. So I'm thankful that I had an opportunity to share. And if we can inspire anybody to to join, you know that I would I would definitely encourage it rather than sitting at home and not having a plan for your life. It definitely wouldn't hurt to give the Navy a try. And I'm not a recruiter, but I'll say that it was a, it was great for my life. So it could be great for anybody I couldn't have said that better myself. I definitely agree. Uh, Sherry, you can go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, I definitely agree with Ronisha. 
it, it's been great for me. Uh, it's still going great for me. I'm still um, pursuing it. Um, I still have other things um, in the military that I'm trying to do right now. Um, I would say anything you do, um, do it, you know, put 100% in it and um, see it to finish. So it's been great. And I really appreciate you um, offering the opportunity for me and my husband to be on your show today. And thank you so much. Okay. Yes. I, I would like to add on like, um, like a lot of things I wish was like, you know, since the Navy is advancing so much, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I hated having to walk away from the Navy, you know what I'm saying? And, and having all these new technologies, you know, breakthrough, you know, in, in the military or in the Navy, you know, coming out at the same time. You know, I, I would love to go on a forward class aircraft carrier or touch, you know, a F-35, you know, Joint Strike Fighter. You know, so all those new advances are coming out. You know, I, I think the, you know, the the new generation is going to get their hands on it. I think that's a good, uh, good uh, teaching uh, method or tool for them to, you know, to experience. You know, and I think that's a good thing. If you want to get their hands on on anything that's, you know, high tech or all that good stuff. Well, we want to thank you guys for taking the time out your uh, schedules today to, you know, come talk to us and share um, your experiences with the Navy. And like you said, for everybody or anybody who's out there listening, if you like what you heard today or you feel like the Navy is something that you might want to see how it plans out for you, you know, go see a recruiter. And we want to thank all of you um, for coming on to the Melted Pod and being with us. Just taking a moment to share your life experiences, how the military treated you, how it changed you, how it motivated you, how it propelled you into your future. I wish you back on future endeavors between retiring and real estate. And we just cannot wait to see what the life brings for all of you. Um, Again, happy birthday. I'm your host, Sly. And I'm Cardi the Dog. And, and this, this has been, been The Melting Pot. Pot.